Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of The On-Call Empath. Highly sensitive people, especially if you're a male, tend to not open up as much about their mental health or ask for help. It's time to come forward and break that stigma. You don't have to be embarrassed anymore. In fact, I decided to reach out to a real badass by the name of Justin Afferton. He's a former detective and a SWAT preacher that has his own business, uh, coaching business, Confidence Unchained. He's going to be talking about various stories about the things that he's encountered in his life as a law enforcement officer. We're going to be fully transparent and open and just get the dialogue going. We're going to start from mental toughness, emotional fortitude, health awareness, plus much more. Stick around. You definitely don't want to miss this episode. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Welcome to another episode of the On Call Empath. Today I have Justin Afferton with me. Uh, He is a former detective and a SWAT breacher that shares his secrets to men and uh, peak performance to regain their edge. He's also the founder of Confidence Unchained. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, his background is very impressive. Um, he also says, if you don't have fun in life, you, you know, why the hell are you doing them? So uh, I, I'm definitely happy to have you on my show. Um, how are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing great, Raj. I, I, I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, yeah, that, that last one made me laugh. You found that on my Instagram page. Yeah, if you're not having fun... Well, yeah, well, if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? But no, Rod, really glad to be here, man. Problem, no problem. And so, I mean, no, I know it's. I saw you know I talked to you the other day, and you know I was just so impressed with your background and what you've been through in life. And so I just I'm just going to dive right in and and ask you, and you know, with all the stuff that's going on with mental health these days, especially with men, it's not talked about and it's a taboo subject. And I think now it's time to have an open dialogue and just break this stigma and have an open conversation about it. So, um, you know, so that just leads me to ask you, you know, I know you faced a lot of challenges in your life. Um, do you mind just sharing a little bit of your journey and and uh, letting us uh, audience know a little bit more about you? Sure. So like you mentioned a little bit, I've, I've got a background in law enforcement. Uh, it spans over 14 years. Uh and like you said, SWAT breacher, detective, training officer, I've, I've done the whole gambit of, of things. And um, passion for me has always been training. And I think that's what led me to create my company and, and inform it to where I'm, I'm training men on how to be better and how to be the best version of themselves. And, and if you speak to any coaches out there, they really talk about how their perfect client is who they were maybe five years before they started coaching. So I, I think back to, you know, how I was and, and my inability to handle my emotions, you know, as a young man. And man, if I, if I had all those tools and techniques that I have now that I teach to others back then, oh man, it would have been a world of difference. Um, it's, um, it's a tough thing and, and men and women get it in, in, 
in different ways, but it's the same result. You know, as men grow up, it, they tell us, you know, you're not allowed to have emotions. Well, women get the opposite side of the spectrum and says you have too many emotions. So in either way, we're growing up learning that emotions are bad, which that only leads to, you know, you know poor mental health, you know, and, and the ability to handle the stress of, of everyday life, man. I hear you. And, you know, especially with, you know, the people that I grew up with, you know, you, you know, if you cry, you're weak. And uh, especially a lot of listeners out there, I know you guys are out there um, wondering, I know a lot of them have been through trauma. Um, highly sensitive people and empaths tend to also um, get triggered easily. So, you know, sharing their personal stories can be a challenge. So um, that kind of leads me in, and I know you do you know, some really good coaching on the three pillars. And I wanted to ask you about that specific areas, if you don't mind about the mental toughness, emotional fortitude and health awareness. I was very intrigued with that and how you present that. Can you uh, explain that a little bit more to our audience? Sure. And and like you said, those are the three pillars of the three key areas that I focus on, because from what I've seen, those three areas overlap in different things that we do. But if we if we focus on each of them, you know, it strengthens the other. And so within those different areas, like mental toughness is going to be along the lines of, you know, decision-making, uh, the ability to have those listening skills and to be persistent and have that, you know, ability to, to push through hard times and know like, Hey, I can figure this out on my own type of thing. Um, the emotional fortitude, this one's a little bit tougher because, the the selling point for men on this, you know, is like, oh, we're going to talk about emotions. Oh, I, I want to run away. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of the, uh, the the classes that I teach to law enforcement on interview skills and leadership skills. Now, w- when I get up in front of the class and it's normally 90 to 95 percent men and I tell them we're going to talk about emotions, they look at me like I've got a second head on my shoulder. And so it takes a couple of days for them to realize like, hey, look, there's science behind the emotions. You know, it's a tool to be used. It's a technique to be, you know, practiced. It's not it's not this fluff, emotional, like we're not going to sit around a campfire and hold hands. <laughs> you know, it, it it's uh, but the, but that's the stigma that it gets. But really, the, the emotional fortitude goes into that level of emotional intelligence, building an emotional vocabulary, understanding the science behind emotions and how, you know, emotions are really, you know, involuntary reactions to our environment that we experience physiologically. Um, but once you start understanding that, it, it opens up a whole new world. Because like you said, I, I grew up, you know, thinking, you know, I, I'm weak if I, um, feel an emotion. If I let one slip out, if I'm sad, if I'm angry, I'd, I'd get mad at myself and go, oh man, you messed up. You were weak. You you let that slip out. Now I laugh at how I was and how, how ignorant I was growing up because no one taught me this. I didn't understand the science behind emotion. So it is a huge factor in my coaching, but up front, it's not one of the selling points, if that makes sense. It's like... <laughs> 
give people what they ask for, and but then give them what they need, you know. <laughs> and and I like how you broke it down into three simple pillars. I mean, that's probably what sets you apart from other coaches, where it's more like, you know, they hold your hands and things like that. But this is no nonsense. And I can, mm-hmm. uh, I was reading on each one of them, and I mean, you can't. I mean, if you're coming in and you have like, I mean. If you don't have the mental toughness, as you say, can this still be like a can you still work with somebody on that? Yeah, there's always room for improvement. Um, I would say working with, you know, CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, they normally have a fair level of mental toughness to be able to persevere that type of environment. Uh, the, The issue comes with, you know, number one, their health is horrible for the most part. They're not taking care of themselves. Uh, so that's falling behind, but then the emotional side may not be up to par as well. So, but once you start, you know, getting better at your health and getting better at your emotional fortitude, it actually creates an environment for you to, you know, become more proficient in your mental toughness. So each of the areas actually supports the other. Um, it's, it's one of those things. I, I literally have this. It's kind of like a Venn diagram that were the, the, all the overlapping parts, right? You know, I talk about someone that has mental toughness and emotional fortitude. They're the unhealthy business owner, and then you have someone that um, has the the mental toughness, and you know, maybe they have the health awareness side, and so like they're they're that unemotional tough guy. And then you have the person that's the emotional fortitude and health awareness, and he's the unmotivated yoga instructor. So it's, um, <laughs> and it, it, there's humor in it, right? <laughs> to, to, to prove a point, because it's like, we're all missing a piece. But once you get all three pieces in alignment, that's where the peak performance comes from. And th- and there's always room for improvement. There's no we're we're not looking for perfection here. It's about improving to operating at your peak performance in whatever success level or happiness level that means for you. I know you're big on integrity and uh, that's an important factor for you. Um, You know, and kind of defines what is successful in a man, you know, and um, why is integrity so important? I know, especially coming from law enforcement and everything that's going on in the world today, that's a big component. Um, so I'm just curious to find out um, why is why is that so important to you? Yeah, and that's a that's a great question because it, integrity is an interesting thing. I, I like to say this, and I tell it to my clients that a lack of integrity is contagious. And so what I mean by that, and when when I look at the definition of integrity and and how it it plays into to my life and my business is I do what I say just because I said I'm going to do it. Bottom line, like that, and the people around me know that. They can, if I tell them I'm going to do something or I'm going to be somewhere, they're like, hey, Justin's going to be there and he's going to be there early. So there's no question about that. When a lack of integrity, you know, comes into play, perhaps there's one area of your life, say it's your health that you're letting fall behind and you're like, ah, I want to go to the gym today. Oh, it it didn't work out. So you haven't gone for a week, two weeks, a month. You know, what else starts falling behind? Well, now you're low energy and now you're like, you know, um, you get home from work and maybe your family life is suffering because you don't have the energy once you get home or, 
or maybe your emotional side is is falling behind and you're not able to process those emotions through the day, well, then you take it out on your loved ones and those relationships suffer. And then it circles back into being at work and now you're distracted because of the fight you had with your wife and now you can't concentrate on the meeting that you're in today. So it, when one area of your life is out of alignment and you are not following through, it leaks into all other aspects of your life. And, and I think we all have examples of that. Is a very good explanation. Um, I know a lot of people that are listening right now, uh, especially this is like very valuable information. Uh, the empaths, highly sensitive people, and even trauma victims, you know, um, have reached out and they have told me that um, it doesn't matter if who it is. I mean, you can have rage and poor dis- decision-making skills and, and low self-esteem. Let's say that, you know, I, I contacted you and, and I told you, hey, you know, I had a traumatic experience. I was abused growing up and I had this, this, this happened to me. Um, what would you say to me as far as the best technique for somebody that's never been, you know, never had any experience with anything? Where do I start? Where would you start me? Yeah, the, the first thing I would do, and, and this is normally one of the first tools that I, that I pass on to my clients. It's something that it was passed on to me, uh, and it's called the emotional matrix. And w- what this is based off of is the, the seven universal emotions expressed in the face. And, th- and this is off of Dr. Paul Ekman's work. Um, he was a you know, psychologist that started in the 60s, um, and he's, he's still around. But his basic work was, you know, universal emotions ex- expressed in the face. And those seven universal uh, emotions are happiness, sadness, fear, anger, disgust, contempt, and surprise. Now you can think about those seven emotions as like the umbrella emotions. And each emotion we deal with in different intensity levels, we can say high, medium, or low. Um, If I give you an example, so for angry, you could be irate, which would be a high intensity. You could be offended, which would be a, a moderate or medium intensity. And then you could be bothered, which would be a low intensity. And so what this is really doing is creating an emotional vocabulary for you. Because one of the um, assignments that we have um, our our students do in, in the class when we teach this is we have them write down as many emotional words as they can. And what we've found is people are lucky if they can write down four or five emotional words. And sometimes they include words like frustrated that isn't even an emotional word. That's like trying to use a shotgun to pinpoint your emotions and it's it's not going to work. It's actually multiple emotions and could be multiple combinations. Um, so establishing this emotional vocabulary and literally I, I give it to my clients and have them look at this. Like you can literally put yourself um, back in an incident that maybe happened a month ago, might've happened five years ago. And when you read over this card full of numerous emotional words, um, some of them will pop out at you. And I'm always surprised by the the words that pop out at me. Like I may be you know, using the card to deal with some uh, emotional situation I've dealt with. And all of a sudden the word irked comes out at me. And I'm like, that's nev- not even a word I would use you know, on a daily basis. But it's like, what am I irked about? And I'm like, 
it's this aspect here because we can literally feel three different emotions under that umbrella category. Like in one incident, you could be, you know, outraged, you could be aggravated and you could be, you know, displeased. All of that falls under anger, but each one of them is going to have a specific reason. So that is one of the first things I do to help my clients really get out this emotions and, and pinpoint those emotions because there's no training like that in school. If you're in a high stressful job, like, and especially the stuff that you did, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing you in front of a Humvee with all those guys and stuff. And so I'm just like, okay, you have to have, you know, sleep, you have to have, you know, your nutrition, you have to have everything on point. Right. I mean, so how important are all those things? Oh, it's, it's super important. The, uh, the first thing I talk to my clients about health wise is to drink more water. It sounds simple, but I guarantee 90% of the people out there are not drinking enough water. And that fuels your brain, that f- fuels your joints, that gives you energy to, to move through the day. When, when your blood is thick and barely moving through your body, you're not going to have any energy. So literally, that's the first thing I tell my clients to do. Um, and physical exercise. Now, I'm not here to be anybody's, you know, uh, gym partner, and I'm not here to be your, uh, your fitness coach. So it's little tweaks that, that I tell my clients. But so it's, it's not just go in there and lift heavy weights. It's move your body, whatever that means to you. If you want to go for a swim, if you want to go for a jog, if you want to go ride a bike, whatever it is, go do it. The amount of scientific data that backs up the the endorphins that get released when you exercise is tremendous. And it can actually, if you talk to anyone that has gone through depression or been on, you know, any type of psych meds, they know how beneficial exercise is. And the combination of the two, I know I've interviewed people before that that talk about the combination of actually getting on the right medication and doing physical exercise, it's like a double dose. And it's, it's, I can't talk about it enough about, you know, being active, you know, but it's, it's not about like, you have to be an Olympic weightlifter or, or, I think that that's, that's the mindset people come to like, Oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to have to put in five to 10 hours a week and working out. You don't have to eat better, drink more water, get some sleep and move your body. <laughs> right. And that's, that's well said. I mean, even a walk outside, it changes the ba- brain chemistry. I mean, yeah. small things like that. And if you can't get outside, I mean, just, you know, you have to keep moving. And that's how I, I feel like, especially with a lot of the empaths and highly sensitive people out there. Um, you know, especially during this pandemic, you're stuck in your house. If you're not working, I mean, it, it can get very stressful. And so um, I wanted to kind of switch gears here. And I, and I wanted to ask you, because I saw all the stuff that you've done in the past. And um, one of the things I was wondering, is, I'm sure that you've seen a lot of things in your time, um, you know, being in law enforcement. And um, so I was just wondering if you can share one of the craziest stories that, that you've encountered and how you, you dealt with it. Yeah, this is so. This is always a question that any officer gets asked: is like, what is the? What is the <laughs> I had to ask. Thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, 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 and I completely get it. But I, you know, we we always have trouble 
thinking about what the craziest story is because we're we become desensitized to it. So it's like it's like okay, well, something that I think is moderate is going to be super crazy to to anyone else not in not in that line of work. Um, the, the story I, I probably normally share um, is the time that I I did a traffic stop and then uh, the driver decided to take off and uh, I. I hung on for the ride out uh, on his driver window and we uh, we went about six blocks and we got up to about 60 miles an hour uh, before I drove us into a ditch. Uh, that was uh, that was definitely a a highly stressful incident. And and the reason I bring it up is so I was I was injured. Um, not not too badly. I sprained my ankle during the incident. When I came back to week a couple of weeks later, I realized um, the I guess the low level PTSD that I had. So I remember coming back to work and conducting a traffic stop and the amount of adrenaline that hit me during that was tremendous. Um, it was, I had, I realized what was going on and I'm like, oh, I need to work this out of my system. I'm like, I need to, cause I was like getting mad at grandma, you know, for, uh, you know, reaching in the glove box for her, you know, registration. And I'm like, wait, this is not good. I need to process this out. So I, I, I made sure to, to, to work through that, uh, so I could, effectively you know do my job without overreacting because my brain was still in that fight or flight mode and and i have to say every once in a while uh over the years whenever i pulled over a small white car i would get this random burst of adrenaline and it was it has to be something on my subconscious just picking up on that and going uh-oh not again <laughs> You know, there's, that is amazing because being a police officer in, in law enforcement, I know like it's not the easiest job. And, and if you're going through that on a daily basis or even uh, going through where your adrenaline is always pumping, you know, to control your emotion takes a, a special person to keep all that inside and, and, and be calm. Like if somebody's screaming in your face and you know, how do you not get triggered? That's, that's one of the things that I, uh, I mean, I know I couldn't, I, I just, I know what type of person I am. And if someone's out of line and they're screaming in your face and your adrenaline is pumping, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you uh, actually keep yourself calm. Is there something that you say to yourself at that point, or are you just on autopilot? So it's definitely not autopilot and, and, you know, some officers can handle it better than others. I've, um, I've gotten to the point now where I laugh and uh, whether people enjoy that or not, when they're yelling at me and I'm laughing back um, to me, it's, it's a couple things because this person that I don't know, that doesn't know me, that is throwing insults my way. It's, and, and I think that anyone can take this piece of advice and plug it into their lives. Their opinion means nothing to me. And if I allow them to bother me, that means that I am applying meaning to what they're saying. So they have no business talking about me. They, they don't know what's going on in my life. They have no idea what kind of person I am. So those insults don't mean anything to me. And I, and I think that a lot of people grab onto that 
when they hear a negative incident, it could be coming on social media or, or coming from someone on the street and they say something negative to you and it's like, oh, and they just, they take it to heart. And so it's about whether or not you place any meaning on that. So I think that's, that's the, the first thing that people can realize and just understand that you don't have to let it mean anything. Like when you let someone else offend you, you give them power over you. You let them control how you are feeling at that moment. And I don't want to give anybody that power over me. They don't deserve it. I mean, I respect you very much, especially for what you do. And I mean, I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, even if somebody says something behind my back, it's like, that bothers me. But what if it's in your face and they're screaming at you? And, you know, so that takes a special person to kind of like not, you know, absorb that energy. And I know it's hard to let it roll off. So I want to switch gears here and just kind of give you a quick scenario. Um, I mean, you've, you've accomplished a lot and now you're dedicating your life to helping others. Um, if you could imagine yourself like looking back, um, and everything that you've gone through, what would be like one thing that you wish you knew that would help you out today? Hmm. I, I, I think hands down, it has to be linked with the emotional intelligence. You know, I, I remember, you know, growing up and, and just not being able to handle my emotions well. I remember saying, oh, I have a temper. I have an anger problem. That was just a cop out because I just I didn't understand. Um, it was to excuse my behavior of a young man, like, oh, I'm having an outburst. Oh, that's because I have a temper. I have an anger problem. Now, that, that's not saying that, you know, that people don't have some type of chemical imbalance that really is affecting that or your or anxiety disorders. Like those those are real things. So I'm not I'm not you know denying any of that. But for the average person that doesn't have any of those you know chemical imbalance issues, it's a cop out to not handle your emotional reactions. And I'll make a, a, a distinction between your emotions and your reactions to your emotions. And I think this was probably one of the biggest learning points for me is really just understanding that your emotions are an involuntary physical, uh, physiological response to your environment. It's our reactions to those emotions that we can control. We can't control the emotions from coming up, period, end of statement. But we can control our reactions to our emotions. So that's, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. So, um, so wrapping up here, um, if you can leave, uh, the audience with one thing, um, that they can use like something actionable that they can use right away to kind of better themselves. Um, and then I'll let you kind of tell them, you know, where we can find you, but what would be one thing that they, that you can tell them right now, once they get off this podcast episode, there's something actionable to, to see something change. I would say that action kills anxiety because everyone's anxious right before you do something or thinking about doing something, whether it's making that phone call or starting this venture or, or buying this course or whatever it is. But the minute you're in it, like when you're in that moment, the, the anxiety is gone. Anxiety only lives in future thinking. Because you know, I'll, I'll equate it to being on the SWAT truck, like headed to, you know, go, um, go to the, the call out and, and 
and being the guy with the with the breaching tool about to break someone's door. There's a level of anxiety there. Like we're we're going there. We don't know what what all the outcomes are going to be. We don't know how this is going to turn out. There's so many different variables. But the second you jump off that truck, the anxiety is gone because you're in it now. You are in the moment. So it's I believe that action kills anxiety. So just just do it. There you there you go. That's uh you heard it from 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 one of the baddest men uh on my show. Um so <laughs> I appreciate you Thanks, being being on here. It's an honor to have you. Before we leave, can you please tell us where we can find you and and uh and your website? Sure. My my website is confidenceunchained.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, either under Confidence Unchained or um, by using my name, Justin Atherton, A-T-H-E-R-T-O-N. Uh, but most of my content probably comes out there on uh, on LinkedIn. All right. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. Um, I love what you're doing, giving back and, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing and uh, help others reach excellence and, uh, you know, it's it's for a good cause, so I, I commend you for that. So, and you're always welcome back anytime. Awesome, Raj. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, I hope your your audience got something out of this. Oh, I'm sure they did. All right, so guys, uh, that does it for this episode. If you can head on over to the Apple iTunes and uh, let me know uh, how I'm doing. A review helps me get more people like Justin on this uh, podcast. Uh, It really helps me out. So thank you for all of your support. In the meantime, stay tuned for the next episode. And we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.